Hey everyone, it is your host Tim Robinson here from the site and podcast Video Game Fury. I am here on Sunday, April 12th, 2020 to give you the latest in all the video game scoops, news, playthroughs, and the continuing adventures of me studying and learning the game dev craft. Well guys, as is always the case, because I'm such a stickler for consistency on my show, uh, I'm back with an inconsistent podcast two months later, I would imagine. Um, actually, my buddy uh, who runs a cycle Nerd Life Online pretty much told me the last time I got an entry up was February 11th, 2020. So yes, pretty much just a little bit over two months. So just about on target there in terms of the last time I recorded an episode of the Video Game Fury podcast. Um, yeah, I've got at this point, I pretty much have said sorry enough with my inconsistency, but I mean, this time I can definitely say for sure. There was a good reason now why this is the case. Um, just, uh, actually just not almost a couple of months ago myself. Uh, my wife and I, uh, helped bring into the world, our new son. Uh, this is a been a long time coming for us and a lot of preparation needed to get done. And of course, let's, let me tell you folks for all the, uh, parents out there who have newborns right now and were, have dealt with newborns before, I now know your pain. <laughs> um, the overnight feedings are no joke. Uh, the dealing with the uh, the cryings and the you know the burpings and the feedings and the changings are all real. I don't know if you know that's how babies work, but that's that, that's how babies work. Um, and here we are, a couple of months later, still dealing with it in, to some extent. But uh, you know, every little day that goes by, uh, it gets a little better. Um, the sleepings and the less of the wailings when uh, he comes up hungry or needs a changing. So uh, we're, we're very blessed uh, and thankful. Um, like I said, not, not to go into too much detail, but this has been a long time coming for us to bring our own, our first child into the world. And uh, you know, mom's do, mommy's doing great. Daddy's doing great. Uh, need, need a little more sleep in their life, but that's pretty much every parent that has to deal with a newborn. We all have to go through that. So uh, I'm, I'm very blessed and thankful, but that's, and that's a really big reason why, you know, why we've uh, not done a show for this for a while. Um, beyond that, though, we've, of course, also got pretty bad thing going on right now, which is the kind of the crux of the podcast that I want to go through today. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more later about some of the games I've been playing as well. Um, but I really wanted to focus on pretty much what is on everybody's mind right now, and for good reason, because we're all uh, staying at home because of it. We're being isolated because of it. We uh, personally can't go out unless it's for something essential, like getting groceries or going to the doctor or the pharmacy or something. We're pretty much talking about COVID-19, otherwise known as the coronavirus. Uh, that has been, it's been pretty much out there, or at least in the, the zeitgeist of the world uh, since January, when uh, China was first reporting on the, uh, the novel coronavirus known as COVID-19. But uh, it pretty much wasn't until probably early March when reality really started to come in. Um, you know, at, le at least in my area, we, we started getting the orders about school being no longer around um, and a lot of uh, essential stores and small businesses having to shut down if they didn't provide any kind of essential service to the, the broader society. Those were going away as well. And you're seeing that a lot in just the unemployment. I would think I read last time that uh, almost 6 million 
applications for unemployment were filed in the last couple of weeks, which is just insane to think. But it's the reality of the, uh, the the order we're in right now. I mean, this virus is unfortunately really having a big impact, a negative impact. Obviously, you know, the death rate is just very tragic to look at. Um, and my my heart and sympathies and condolences and just everything about me just goes out to these families, these loved ones who are losing these people who are losing their loved ones. And uh, sometimes very quickly too, like you read stories about people who are relatively healthy and then within a matter of days, they're just gone. So, I mean, obviously it depends on the condition uh, if they're immediately compromised and stuff like that. But uh, it just really a sad state of the world right now to look at. And it just makes you really question like, you know, you know, are we doing the right things out there? I mean, are we should we be playing video games and doing these other things when the world seems like it's falling apart at the seams there? And uh, you know, my personal view is that uh, you know, yeah, I mean, be aware and stay on top of everything going on in the world. You know, doing the things you're told to do, wash your hands, don't touch your face, only go out if there's an essential need to do so. And if you're doing that, make sure you're practicing social distancing. We've heard all that now for probably a good month or so. And we probably will for at least the, the near future. But I, I would I would say at least that the, the time that we're isolated and granted everybody's in good health that we do it is probably one of the times to really plow down on, you know, these games here. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I was reading a report recently that you know gaming has kind of gone up like almost like um 60 70 percent which is seeing remarkable numbers because now everyone's home and you know watching the streamers you like i read an article from uh new york times about dr lupo saying he's having you know a lot an uptick on uh, all the audience and the viewers coming to his channel and watching him play um you know gaming i mean as as a lot of bad press it tends, it tends to get sometimes it's it's been also getting a lot of good press to one, obviously alleviate oneself from the stress of the world. I mean, gaming has always been that way, even before any pandemics. Gaming has always been kind of an escape hobby for people to escape from the troubles of the world in general. And what more bigger trouble the world to get away from than this whole pandemic we're going through. So you've got that going on. But beyond that, I mean, as, as much as we love doing this, as always love gaming here, I mean, myself personally, I've been getting back onto my Twitch streams as of late, obviously being on paternity leave has been a big help as well. I can, uh, you know, put some time in in the afternoon to do so. Uh, if you guys want to, you know, not to, you know, just a quick plug to that. If you do want to join those streams, I usually am on from like 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern time. You can find my handle at VideoGameFury79 on Twitch if you uh, want to hang out with me. I try to make it a good time to, you know, not just play games and have fun, but obviously make it a chance to distract people from the world. Because obviously, like I said, there's a lot going on out there that can get pretty depressing. And uh, if, if I can spare a few hours of your time to, you know, Distract, distract you from that, talk with you guys, hang out, uh, just have a good time. Uh, that's I, I hope I can at least provide that for the two or three hours, four hours a day that I can do so on my own Twitch stream. So Video Game Fury 7.9 is where you can go to follow me there if you do choose to want to do that. Um, the game industry, though, is, is, is seeing a really big impact from this as well. Um, the biggest indication first off came when um, GDC was first postponed. They're they're going to do a summer event in August for 
a much shorter period. Um, but the big event that was usually comes in March for GDC got totally taken out. Once you started seeing companies like Microsoft and Sony and uh, Unity and Unreal pulling out, you kind of wonder, well, why are we doing this in the first place? And fortunately enough, GDC was wise up wise up enough to say, yeah, we're going to postpone this thing till the summer. It really got real though when within a day, within probably a week or so after that, that E3 2020 got canceled. And it was of all the things that, you know, you know, there's not a lot of things we can say good about ESA and what they've been doing as of late and ways they've been handling the events and the ways they've been handling private information from people in media. Um, the one thing you could say they definitely did that they knew was unavoidable was to cancel this event because they needed to do it now because E3 is a big event. It's been around for 25 years. A lot of people from all around the world fly in uh, to L.A. to embark on this week-long event. And if they were going to get back their money now from their tickets, through the airlines, through the hotels, the, around the time that they canceled the event in, in early March was the way to do it. And, and that was a that was a great decision by ESA. They needed to do that uh, for their health, for their safety, and their finances as well. Um, so it was the right thing to do there. And fortunately enough, like some of the companies are still planning to do some digital events during that time as well. I think it's going to be Microsoft, Ubisoft, and Nintendo are still planning to do a digital E3-like events during that week that E3 was supposed to be. So we are still getting some type of uh, E3 feel from this event. But the reality is it's, you know, it, it's a crushing blow to this event here. Not me. I know a lot of people go to this and watch this stuff for the press conferences, for the game reveals and so on. And grand, and rightfully so. It's a very popular time to be doing that. Um, but what people don't know is that this is an event that a lot of backdoor deals happen between publishers and developers, especially indie developers too. They were going behind the scenes and going to these publishers looking to strike a deal for somebody to publish their game. And now they can't do it. They probably got to do it some other different way. I'm sure, you know, in this virtual age you're in, I'm sure that's definitely possible, but everyone knows, you know, your best bet of getting something really good for something like that is meeting that person and meeting that in, in person, shaking their hands, signing a deal face to face. That's unfortunately not going to happen this year. And even though there is going to be an E3 next year, the ESA did announce that uh, on that third week of June, there is going to be an E3 2021. So we already have an idea potentially that there is going to be E3 then. In what shape or form? That's the big $2 million question here. You know, the pandemic question first comes up. We obviously are in a bit of a crisis right now with this virus out there. Uh, and the, the problem right now is we just have a lot of uncertainty. And even if we do get close to where we can relax certain guidelines, maybe relax on social distancing a bit, maybe, you know, certain events have to be curbed down. Maybe you have the capacity that you bring into the group to be much smaller than what these events used to be. There's going to be a lot of changes. There's going to be a new normal for a lot of conventions, a lot of shows, a lot of sporting events. This is not just talking gaming industry here too, uh, but, you know, everything's going to change. And that's pretty much uh, that's that's just the thing we have to realize. I mean, the, the way this has been handled and the way this pandemic has affected society at large, I mean, there's going to be a lot of changes. And I would imagine if E3 does come back in the kind of shape or form that ESA is looking for 
to do when 2020 was still around, you know, it's not going to come in the way they think. I think there's going to be a lot of federal oversight about these events that is going to change how these type of conventions can happen. On top of that, too, specifically with the ESA, I mean, I don't need to kind of go into a lot of the issues that, you know, companies and publishers and studios have been having with the ESA over the last couple of years or so. I mean, the big one, of course, Sony, uh, they they weren't going to show up at E3 for the second year in a row. And we kind of see for now that the reason they're doing that is one is that, you know, one of the things we've heard is that ESA, when it comes to E3, is that it's a very expensive show. LA Convention Center is very expensive to book space there. And I think Sony pretty much looked at it and said, hey, you know what? We've got this new console coming out. We've got all these big exclusive games that uh, are the reason why the PS4 did so well this generation, that we're pretty confident we can repeat the same kind of strategies with the PS5 and whatever games come out with that. We don't need you guys at E3 to do it. We can do it on our own. And who can blame them for that? I mean, as much as E3 provides the glitz and glamour of all the video game industry coming together under one building for one week, and you know that, that would give it a lot of press. I mean, we're in an age now where in the internet, the social media, the influencers that you have through stuff like YouTube and Twitch and Mixer and so on, there are a lot of different ways that they can get the word out on their games and still make them super popular. You know, good example would be Apex Legends. That game shadow dropped early last year uh, by EA and Respawn. Nobody knew it was coming. But then all of a sudden, all these uh, influencers and streamers started to play in the game because EA gave them a lot of money to do so. And as a result, Apex is, has been one of the popular Battle Royale games out there. Obviously not on the level of games like Call of Duty or Fortnite, but Apex is still a game you tend to talk about. In when you talk about battle royale, so it works. There are ways to work around this, and as much as that, as much as purists like me and other people that I've listened to on podcasts and video shows clamor for the days of having E three around them, I mean, I think it's still those. Those are the reason they were clamoring for that is they love being in that that glamour of being in this convention center, seeing all the the sets and the games and people playing them. And they, they like the hype and excitement of being at an event like E3. Um, and of course, being able to talk with buddies they don't see if they're well. I totally get that. I don't, I don't, you know, discredit them for wanting to do that. But at the same time, we're not in that age where we need to do that anymore, especially when the end goal is to try to get your products out and make deals with all these other companies so you can make more games. Um, that's not what really E3 is about, in my opinion, anyway. And I think a lot of these companies have come to realize that. It's why EA hasn't done a show at E3 the last five, six years. They've done their own event called EA Play for a while. Uh, Sony, again, that's why they've been out for the last two years. Microsoft only is there at E3 technically, but they're doing it across the street because who could blame them? They own the Microsoft Theater. They can do everything they want, press conference and show floor, straight from their own building. Um, Nintendo hasn't done a press conference at E3 for almost 10 years. They've been doing Nintendo Directs for a while. They've been kind of the, the, the forebearer of a lot of the streaming events that have been going on. It's why Sony has been doing their state of play events, uh, throughout the last year or so, uh, because of that. So ESA really needs to kind of look at this and I hope they don't look at, you know, this whole pandemic as a reason why they faltered much further than they probably will. Um, I mean, again, it sucks that it had to happen this year when they were hoping to give themselves another chance to bring E3 out of the ashes. Uh, they're not going to be able to show that showcase that again for another year and a half. But I hope they look at this and say this is not the sole reason why this 
E3 is going down the twos. They had to have looked at, you know, people going out and doing their own things and the show floor getting smaller and smaller um, to realize that, hey, we're doing business differently and probably the wrong way of different. And that's something that they're going to have a lot of time to think of with no E3 this year. They're going to have a good at least a year to figure out how to get this right if they want E3 to still be in the zeitgeist of video game culture. So we'll have to see. Um, the pandemic has obviously changed a lot for them and just other events too. I mean, we're still questioning if we're going to get events like Gamescom and PAX West happening this year, even though they're happening during the summertime. Um, me personally, I'm questioning if um, New York Comic Con is going to happen in October. I mean, even if it does happen, I I got to be honest, I would question myself my own, for my own general safety and health if I even want to go to a show like that with you know, tens of thousands of people that are there in a single weekend, uh, especially myself having just had a newborn recently. Yeah, I'm more worried about that now. I'm more worried about the safety and well-being of myself and my family if we don't have this under control. Like I said, a lot of things are going to be think about in this new normal, especially when it comes to convention season. Beyond that, though, I mean, just look at the games that have been affected too. I mean, like I said, I mean, for all the good it's given that we've seen, you know, Gaming online has gone up. Twitch numbers have gone up here. We're seeing, uh, you know, it impacts a lot of games too. Like uh, Sony had mentioned that they have indefinitely delayed Iron Man VR and Last of Us Part Two, which is big news there as well. Uh, those games were going to come out uh, next month, and now we don't know when they're going to come out. There's even assertions, even though for now Microsoft and Sony are saying that their next gen consoles are not going to be affected by this pandemic. There's already. Uh, potential reassessments happening that they may have to delay that into 2021, whether that is in like Q1 or potentially the holidays the year after. Um, it's uh, it's something they got to think about as well with that too. I mean, are we, are we going to get new consoles this year? I, it's, a re, it's a valid question to ask. I don't know. It really depends on the manufacturing plants. Uh, if they're heavily affected by this virus, then you are going to see, if not delays, you're going to see shortages of these products going out. There's so much impact from this virus that we probably are not seeing here. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of where we are in this, this state of the world, really, what we're looking at right now. This uh, coronavirus is affecting a lot of different areas. And we don't know essentially how this is going to end or I mean, obviously, the end goal is, of course, to get out of this, the tail end, you know, healthy and not worried about sicknesses being transferred too much and hopefully getting the right antibodies and vaccines out there. But, you know, like I said, there's going to be a lot of changes in uh, the industry itself, conventions, how companies operate, how gaming studios operate. Uh, you know, I've been seeing a lot of stories about people adopting to work from home strategies that they're trying to effectively work that way. Obviously for much more online games, games like League of Legends or Apex Legends or Fortnite, for example, they can get away with that uh, because those games don't have any uh, retail impact. But, you know, games like Last of Us Part Two do rely on a more global strategy for people like Sony to mass markets, get people into the box stores, have like big events for those big release parties they tend to do. They probably looked at it and said, you know what, digital is not enough. We can't just rely on doing this in a, a digital mindset. So we're going to figure out a better way to do this. Until then, this game is going to be delayed indefinitely. And if I'm being honest too, Last of Us Part Two is 
probably not a game we want to be playing right now when that game also deals with a uh, pandemic, a post-apocalyptic pandemic. Probably not the kind of game people want to relax and play on uh, during an actual one we're dealing with right now. So that's kind of the, the summation of where we are now. And now, of course, there's, there's still going to be some news every now and then. So as for foreseeable future, as I continue to do the show, I will you know, let you guys know what's up there. I'll let you guys know what's up with the news and, you know, how this virus continues to impact us in any way. Uh, right now, it's just a lot of uncertainty where video games itself is going to go. Um, and I'm hoping for the very best. Uh, most most importantly than anything else, I just want to make sure that uh, for everybody out there that you guys are safe, you guys are healthy, that you guys are uh, just doing what's most important than anything else there, taking care of yourselves and uh, obeying the guidelines that are out there. And, uh, you know, for the audience that is there right now, I mean, if you're health, if you're healthy and safe, great on you, keep doing that there. And if you need something to do and you've got a backlog, well, there's your answer. <laughs> I know I've got a backlog, which I'm going to get to in the next segment here in a minute, but, uh, telling you a good thing for, for those who are in isolation and need something to pass the time, great time to be a gamer and anything pop culture, really, even like, I mean, the fact that we've got some of these movies that just came out recently already on demand, Good for us too. Uh, sucks that we won't be seeing some some other movies at some point because they got indefinitely delayed to other times. But uh, I digress. All I want to say is here: please stay safe, stay healthy, especially for all the game makers out there. Um, you know, we love what you do. We love that you entertain us. We're thankful you're putting in your hard work, your blood, sweat, and tears into making these games here. But please make sure you're staying safe as well. Work from home as much as you can if you're going to continue to do that. Um, yeah, I mean it's a we love, we love our video games, and we want them to be safe just as everything else we want to be safe out there, especially during this time. So all the best to everybody out there this time. One way or another, we're going to make out of this. Okay, uh, to close us off here, let's get into a little game time here because it has been a little while since I have done a show here. Most of my life, pretty much what you expect. Uh, I am still plowing my way through Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I'm, I want to say that I'm pretty close to the tail end there, but I've always uh, had to correct myself on that because just when I think I get to a turning point in the story, the game throws another curveball at me. So I'm not going to put a, give any, I'm not going to put any number on how far I'm into it. But that being said, still an amazing game. I enjoying the main story itself and uh, the impact I'm having on that, on that world there. Uh, I've gotten through some of the, uh, the side stories, includes including some of the uh, Greek mythology contents. I had to fight a Minotaur in one of those battles, which is incredible. That was a really good battle. And I'm sure there's others I got to do as well. I still got the Atlantis DLC to plow through as well, provided I still have the <laughs> sanity to continue playing such a massive game that Assassin's Creed Odyssey is. But it continues to be fun. It's a game I'm doing in my own downtime when I'm not Twitch streaming. And the story... Story beats are pretty good. Like some of the side stories, I would have to say are okay. Like there's the, the, there definitely is a lot of filler, especially when you're doing mercenary work. Like you kind of see a pattern after a while in some of the missions they do, and they kind of blend over. So there's not not much interest in some of those side stories there that I have when it comes to what Ubisoft is putting that game there. But uh, the main quest is incredible, and just exploring the world is just a blast. I Anytime I step onto the boat and go to a new island, it's always I always feel like I'm setting up myself for uh, something awesome. And you see that as you unveil the map, new quests show up, uh, new, new viewpoints show up there. 
it's uh it's, it's really fun to go through i just wish you know at this point i wanted to get some other games already done but i just it's just a massive game that i just don't know when it's going to come to an end but i'm still going to stick the course here i don't want to be that kind of person that finally gets bored and just puts it off and then one day down the road i decide to play it again and all of a sudden i forgot a lot of where my progress is i don't want it to come to that so i am going to for sure see my way through this game uh, to the end as much as I can, but I'm I'm itching to get to some next games here. I've got Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order coming up soon. Control Sekiro are just some of the games I want to get to as well. But Assassin's Creed Odyssey just continues to be a a great treat, uh, a welcome treat, especially during this time that we're in. Definitely filling up the hours of each day that I'm doing this. Uh, other nuts, I mean, if you catch me on my Twitch streams on Video Game Fury 79, which is my handle, I've been doing a lot of uh, Apex Legends lately, sometimes on my own, sometimes squad streaming. And it's been fun. Uh, it's definitely the kind of Battle Royale game that is up my alley right now compared to the others. Um, it's just been fun. And I think Respawn deserves a lot of credit for the new maps, the new events. Uh, there's like an Old Ways event with Bloodhound that they're doing right now. And uh, I like now that they brought back... Uh, uh, King's Canyon it loops it loops that map in every now and then sometimes a night setting too which is pretty cool um, one time like the first time I got into that event and played someone told me to go into this giant vault it was like a suction they sucked you into the vault and I almost freaked out because there was literally like 50 people in this tiny room trying to grab guns it was literally the definition of hunger games let's just put it that way um but uh it's it, they're, they're they're definitely experimenting with different things and i really appreciate that from respawn and ea uh trying to mix it up uh, especially when they have all these other big competitors like Fortnite's constantly giving out new content seemingly almost every week so apex continues to be a fun draw i love playing it i love playing it for my viewers on twitch uh hope you guys get to check it out with me as well but uh apex legends continues to be a real treat to me uh then i'm also playing a uh isometric role-playing game called tyranny uh this is from the guys from obsidian who you know well from games like uh i always mix it up either they do pillars of eternity or divinity original sin i don't know which or they do uh, but they also do outer worlds as well uh, which was a revered game last year that won a lot of awards too um Obsidian is, is a master of their storytelling craft at the end of the day. And then they do just the same with a game like Tyranny 2. Um, the best I can describe it is you are uh, in service of an overlord named Kairos. He's kind of like the uh, supreme ruler of that world right there, constantly trying to take over different lands. You're one of these, uh, what's called a fate binder, who carries out the justice for the Archon of Justice. And your goal is basically to recruit a team and start trying to bring all these lands together under his rule there. Now, of course, it wouldn't be an Obsidian game without some twists and turns to go through. Uh, very heavy on the dialogue and uh, building up the lore. So you have to be on your toes when it comes to who do you side with? Are you on the right side? Uh, was this the right decision to take on, our, take on the opposing army this way? Should you really have recruited this person? Should I trust them? I mean, they ask so many different questions in these games that... Um, even when I feel like I made a bad decision, Obsidian finds a way to turn it in your favor for something better. And that just requires expert writing and story crafting from these guys who absolutely know what they're doing. So I enjoy that for, for that aspect alone. The gameplay is something I got to used to more. I've definitely seen myself lose the ball sometimes. It's kind of, it, the gameplay is kind of in the way of how Knights of the Old Republic is. Like you tell your party to do certain tasks you have to pause the game sometimes to make sure that 
um, you're studying the enemy, you're understanding their weaknesses and making sure you're using the right uh, attack and support keys for your team in order to do it. So if you've played Knights of the Old Republic, it's kind of similar to that kind of gameplay style when you're actually going out and doing the fighting, which I can... I, I appreciate now, but I was very frustrated at first when I was playing this because I was like, I am dying too quickly. What am I doing wrong? And that's why I came to learn about the pause feature and making sure I knew how to assign certain uh, assign certain roles and tasks for each party member to do when it came to each fight I was doing. So once I got the hang of that, it definitely became a much more easy to understand game to play. So I'm doing that as well, playing that on Twitch as well. Tyranny is the game is called from Obsidian Games. Uh, it's really fun there. Um, don't know if we'll ever get that kind of game from them now. Now they're part of Microsoft, and then Obsidian seems to be kind of branching out to other type of genres, like that game Grounded. That's going to be coming out very soon. But I'm enjoying it for the ride it is here. Tyranny has just been fun. I've enjoyed playing the story, and the dialogue has been fantastic to read, too. I would definitely give that a shot if you want to play that on your PC. I think that's actually the only platform it's on anyway. So uh, if you want to get that on Steam, go ahead and do so. Um, that's pretty much all the games I got going there. Uh, eventually... Get to some of the more recent games. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, I know, just came out recently. I want to plow my uh, hands into that, because I heard that's been getting great reviews, too. Uh, Doom Eternal, as well, as a game I want to get to. And uh, my Steam backlog will be beckoning me once more, too. I have plans to also play uh, Life is Strange Before the Storm, which is the prequel to the first game on the stream as well, to kind of break it up and do a little more of a point-click game. So that is all I've been playing. And... Uh, I think we're pretty much good to go for the show. Thank you guys for bearing with me and uh, for the long delay that I had. I hope uh, you've enjoyed the show here, enjoyed my time here, uh, talking about the games and the news going out there in the world. Uh, again, I mean, we're all going to do the best we can out there in the situation we're in. Uh, the important thing right now is uh, continue to stay the course, stay safe, stay healthy, practice social distancing if you're going out there and doing stuff like groceries or, or laundry or so on. Um, but otherwise, make sure you're staying safe out there, and we'll come out of this on the other side for the better. Uh, I will let you guys know how things are going with Game Dev 2 here, I, because, of, well, again, because of all this going on and, of course, the birth of my son. Uh, I haven't really had a lot of time to plow through that. The fortunate thing, too, is that in this time of uh, uncertainty here, Unity has actually opened up their learning services. Their premium learning sites that you would have to pay for is now open and free for the next 90 days. It's probably a little less now at the time of this recording, but it's still going to be open for another couple of months. Uh, I'm taking advantage of that. I'm starting fresh with some creating code, code live courses they're doing. Uh, eventually, I want to get into uh, some stuff with Blender and some other art tools as well. Uh, it's a great, I mean, and for those who are looking to get back into coding and use this time to up their skills a little more, that is a great bargain to have. Uh, so go check out the Unity site and go to their Unity Learn section, and you'll be able to see some pretty cool deals, pretty cool courses to take. Uh, so I would definitely highly recommend that. And I'll let you guys know in future podcasts how I'm doing on that as well, because I just need to refresh myself because I feel like I've forgotten a lot of things. Uh, and I still have some ideas, some games I want to try out. But before I do that, I want to get back on a refresher course for these things. So stay tuned. I'll have more information on that as well. As always, any other content uh, you guys want to have, uh, all my podcasts are right here in the podcast feed for Video Game Fury. So just go to your favorite podcast app, download them. You'll be able to listen to all that content over the last couple of years that I've been doing the show. Uh, and again, the plug for Twitch, if you want to catch me on my live streams and see me play for 
for Extra Life Charity. Uh, you can catch me on twitch.tv slash Video Game Fury 7-9. Give me a follow on there. Uh, I typically try to be on 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. Occasionally, I'll fit a squeeze in a day on a weekend as well. But for sure, Monday to Friday, you'll be able to catch me on there for your viewing and listening pleasure. With that all said and done, I want to say again, thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to the show. I wish you all the best for your safety and health. We'll talk again soon on another edition here of Video Game Fury. Until next time. Enjoy your games.